When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Finding high quality mental health care can be daunting and exhausting. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, depression, insomnia, stress, grief, big life changes, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can now use FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. We host the Holderness Family Podcast every Tuesday. You may know us from the silly videos that we make online. Or a book about marriage called Everybody Fights. Or as winners of season 33 of The Amazing Race. Still can't believe that happened. Listen, we do a lot of stuff, but our podcast is our most favorite thing. Yeah, because every week we get to sit down face-to-face, talk to each other about marriage, family, mental health, or just anything that we want to know more about. Sometimes we have expert interviews, sometimes it's just us, but our goal is to bring some joy and laughter into your life every week. Our other goal is that maybe you will learn something as well. Right. So search the Holderness Family Podcast and check out our most recent episodes. We have one about staying organized with creators of the Home Edit. And one about being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult. We hope you'll join us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. Before we get to this week's episode, just want to apologize for the audio quality on me and Kathy in the second half of this episode. When we come back from the trailer, it sounds like we're at the the bottom of a well and it's uh, it's basically my fault. This is what happens when we we bring our podcast inside on a computer. Um, So apologies for that, but on with the episode. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. This is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies, but we're not uh, walking home today because we're talking via a little computer screen to someone who's very far away, and it's Lou from Shade Podcast. Hi there, How guys. are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, th- well, thank you for being in your own house <laughs> and talking to us on a computer. You're very and welcome. This is like usually when we've guests, it's actually like very elaborate. We're like trying to find cinemas, like where we can kind of all meet up and. Uh, you know what? This is quite nice to just chat to someone in their living room. Yeah, it's very. <laughs> yeah, cool. this pandemic is benefiting us. <laughs> if anything, we don't know. We, now we don't, we just talk to people from far away. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm delighted to be here. I've been listening to your show for so long, and um, I'm just really, I'm really pleased that I'm talking to you guys. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. And and look, we're huge fans of your show. Do you do you want to tell our listeners about your 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 podcast and yeah. what it's all about? Yeah. So my podcast is called Shade. Um, it's an interview type show uh, where I chat to artists who use various different art forms um, to challenge challenge racism in their work. Um, so that might be photography or, or literature. But because I have a history um, in photography, I was a photographer for years, I tend to focus on uh, visual artists. But yeah, we just chat away um, about the work that they do. So Lou's podcast is relatively new. It only launched last year. And then a mutual friend of ours, Emer, put us in touch as mutual podcasters. And now Lou's podcast <laughs> is like podcast. kicking off this year. You've done amazing. You've like yeah, congratulations. it. Well done. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of like kind of strange when you don't really know what you're doing and people are saying, oh, I kind of like 
listening to you rambling on, you know, is kind of a shock, but I'm delighted. Yeah. It's brilliant. Well, we love an independent podcast that has no budget and no planning whatsoever. Yours is more planning than ours. <laughs> Lou actually is to source, like do a lot of research for her guests and source them and be very informed for her interviews and like read books and watch a lot of art. So you do like a lot of work for what you're doing is awesome. Um, yeah, whereas we um, <laughs> uh, pick a film, uh, then forget to read up uh, anything about it, like in this instance. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even tell you what this film is called. Is it called Rocks? It's called Rocks. Rocks. And Lou, tell us why you suggested Rocks. I suggested Rocks because um, I think I've just been reading about it. I read um, a few few interesting pieces that it was um, a film that was coming out from the director who directed the Suffragette movie. Um, And so... uh, I hadn't seen that. And so I thought, okay, let me just see what her next film is. And also, um, also, I was just really interested that um, it was set in Hackney. Uh, so I lived in Hackney. My daughter was born in Hackney. So I know it really well. Um, and it was kind of a realist type movie. So um, even though it's not documentary, it kind of depicts, um, it has a gritty realism to it and depicts lives of young girls living um, in Hackney. Um, so I was just really interested because it's a film about, about um second generation immigrants uh for which I am also um living their lives in Hackney so I've also done that but also because the director seemed really interesting um and also the casting director um I don't know much about film I'm sounding like I know about film but actually I don't actually I do not know a lot about film I do you're only about still imagery (laughs) yeah yeah but I do (laughs) I do enjoy watching films but um the casting director I just saw who it was and she had casted one of my favorite movies um which was American Honey and I loved it because it was real um uh people who weren't actors so So I just thought this is going to be interesting for all of those reasons. So yeah, I'm, I'm quite ex- I'm quite pumped for this. I know. Film, I man. hope we recognise them um, spots. And like, I know mm. a bit more about this movie than Dave. And like, it's really heavily female behind the scenes, and it's about mm. girlhood um, and experiences, as Lou said, of like you know girls from different cultures and different backgrounds. And it like it's mm. getting incredible reviews. So like, you know, I'm so pumped. And do you know what? Like, we our last movie we saw was Tenet. Um, which is like, you know, the biggest cinematic release like this side of March. And in fair play to them, they're releasing this movie in the cinema as well. And like they're doing their bit. They wanted to make sure that it was a story that was seen in the cinema mm-hmm. because it's really important for these stories to be in the cinema. And we're not just always watching, you know, blockbusters. Mm. Um, and yeah, so super pumped. And because yeah. we've never done a cinema quite like this before, we're now all going to go off and watch the movie separately. Yes, but not together. Not together. But this, this is socially distanced yeah, by very, several miles. Very socially distanced. Yeah, very, very, very careful. And really. then we'll all reconvene after the movie to chat about it. So, you know, of course, that's the exact premise of our film, a podcast. Yeah, this is <laughs> going to get in a pandemic. <laughs> but it's brilliant because otherwise, like, I love this. And Lou, we're excited to get all your insights on this movie when it's back. We're, I'm expecting a lot on the cinematography now. No pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. It's very I'll do easy. my best. I'll do my yeah. best. And we're completely ignorant about cinematography, so that's fine. Um, I, I didn't even know what movie we were watching. <laughs> so any insight you have above that will be a good start. Yes. Um, yeah. And the best news is this movie's 90 minutes long. Oh, yes. yeah. this is amazing yeah. that's good not yeah. enough time for a nap or anything <laughs> no. <laughs> no. okay so we'll chat later in about 90 minutes okay right. awesome you soon, Lou. All right. I think you should tell someone about your mum it's just you and Emmanuel you wouldn't understand what's the problem talk to me I, I don't, don't need get you it. to worry for me you're nothing such a beautiful world you have to leave now get out get out because nothing can be loved into something there's got to be a way to do all this. You just can't keep going on by yourself. I've got five fun. I have 20. Yeah, I see the queen. The queen's shining. <laughs> I rocks, man. What a work today. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Oi, where's your tickets? Close your eyes. Think of everything that is happy. I'm not thinking about all your worries. We're coming with you.
I'm actually sick of time. How are you guys wanting chicken like Right, we are back. We've just watched Rocks. We're back with Lou. Hi, Lou. Hi. Hi, Dave. Hello. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> too. <laughs> Number one fail. Um, so, Lou, what do you think of the movie? I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. And I'm quite critical when it comes to films. You know, I've watched a lot of films like we all have. Um, And I have to say, this is the first film that I've seen in such a long time that I loved every element of it. And that's quite a rare treat. Yeah. Um, I adored it from everything from the storyline, the characters, the actors, the, the... how it was filmed just all of it I just adored it do you want to do you want to actually I just realized we should explain a little bit about what it's about do you want to try and give a very brief synopsis for for our audience to try and tantalize them okay okay so the film is based around a central character um called rocks uh she's a British Nigerian teenage girl she has a younger brother I think he's seven um called Emmanuel and she comes home from school one day to find that her mom has left her a note and some cash. Um, and the note says that she's going away for a while and she doesn't know when she's going to be back. Uh, so Rox is obviously shocked at this. But what was interesting to me was at the first, at the beginning, she seemed really resilient and just seemed to just get on with things and, and manage it very well. But soon the pressure starts to build um, and it becomes more and more difficult for her as as the movie goes on. Um, And what we see is how she deals with her different fears and worries. And the main fear is that um, social services will find out that they Mm -hmm. are living alone. Um, But what it's about really is, is the power of friendship and girlhood and love Uh, and understanding and community so what we see throughout all of this is just a a beautiful story of how she's supported by her friends who are the same age as her so they're very Mm -hmm. young but it just shows teenage girls in a really beautiful way and in a way that we're not used to seeing on film very often Mm mm-hmm I certainly wasn't used to seeing teenage girls uh, like that in, in my personal experience of growing up with them in school. <laughs> the, um, yeah, no, I, I, I thought, um, I agree with you. I thought it was an incredible movie. Um, and it is, it is ultimately about female friendship. And, um, and uh, Rocks, I was thinking about the title, like it's her name, but it's also like the, it describes the people in her life around her who were there to... Um, you were there when, when she needed the most. And most of the movie is actually about Rox, the character, um, almost discovering that because she spent, she spends, like you, you said, Lou, she's trying to be so independent and resilient beyond her years um, and is kind of trying to shut everybody out. Um, and it's the movie is her realization of like just how um, powerful her friends and community are. The other thing that struck me about this movie was the. Um, it's rare that you see, often when you get things set in schools, uh, school is, is like, can be a, a place filled with, that's the, the place of anxiety, you know, where everyone's coming together. And, you know, the, you know, if you think to the classic American examples of the jocks and nerds and bullies and all this yeah. kind of stuff, like, like, but this, the school presented in, in, in this uh, movie was, that, that was her haven very much. It was her home life where she didn't felt, feel safe and had to mm. step up. But school was where her friends are. And it was a, and any time we're at school with rocks, it's kind of joyous, you know, and the teachers are kind of fun and they're doing dance class. I'm like, where? <laughs> where is this school? Not my school. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's interesting you mentioned it about like teenage girls that you knew growing up. But like having been a teenage girl, mm. um, yes, being a teenage girl is very emotive and like don't get me wrong like I had my share experience of being you know a downright bitch as a, as a teenage girl and and likewise having other girls oh, that to me and lately. but <laughs> but most of the time actually girls are really supportive of each other and you know like now like in my life I find my female friendships like incredibly nurturing and you know 
growing up I found that too and and I was so pleased to see that in this movie because you any any movie you think of right any like okay Mean Girls being a, a, an obvious example but any mm. teen movie you often see that like the girl's friends are the like antagonists and this movie yeah. doesn't do that which I like because this movie what I found brilliant about this movie is like you said school's the safe place she actually has really nice friends the conflict in this movie is that this character um has got like a fucked up family situation where she's got a mother who can't cope with being a mother and who you know abandons her children and she's really poor so money's a struggle family's a struggle and so much of teen movies that we see they're actually from a very privileged point of view so usually the lead character is affluent or Mm -hmm. in an affluent school um or in the case of a movie like ladybird okay she's supposedly uh poor but she's not really and she's in a rich Mm -hmm. catholic school and white and all these things so to have this young girl who like we mentioned is like first generation like nigerian british girl mm. she lives in acne which is a poor you know poor area than what we generally see in in these kind of movies and mm. like her friends are like of varying religions and, col- and colors and and what mm. i loved is like varying body sizes because mm. usually it's so homogenous movies like how everyone looks so it's just like a range of of female friendship we don't normally see, female bodies we don't normally see, female skin tones we don't normally see in these movies. And on top of all that, it's like an absolutely brilliant movie. Yeah. <laughs> so fun, wasn't it, Leo? What, like, yeah. It was like not, we were kind of worried it was going to be very heavy to watch, but it yeah. wasn't, despite the heavy subject. I was worried about that as well. And, you know, it, when I was watching it, I was thinking, I've not seen a film shot in that way with that kind of family um, that, uh, or, or situation that's been depicted so well um, since like the 90s. And I know that sounds like a big exaggeration, but it's like that um, Ken Loach kind of Mike Lee, you know, mm-hmm. but with real empathy and, and the observation of uh, the lives that these characters lead was so spot on. You almost felt like it could be documentary because it was done so well. Yeah. You know. Yes. And it was just so slow and fluid and the light was beautiful. And so it wasn't harrowing or disturbing. Mm-hmm. You know, I shed, I shed a few tears, but usually I shed tears at the beautiful moments where her friends really came together. Like, yeah. because they, it just, it was just depicted so beautifully. And also what was really interesting, um, it's very rare that you see a group of teenage girls in a movie where a boy is not like a central theme for yes. any reason yeah, it's just like there were a couple of lads in it at one point but they were just kind of inconsequential it's like they were just kind of an annoying little kind of addition yeah. and so it really was about um girlhood and I think I've read some reviews and there have been some um connections made between this film and the French film Girlhood that came out a couple of years ago and uh, it was a French film and it was of a similar theme in terms of it is about young teenage girls and and um and how they unite and how close they are but um yeah. yeah it was just I've not seen a film that has that I've wanted to just talk about with my friends and tell them to watch it for a very long time yeah I want yeah. to tell everyone to watch it like yeah. that's my main takeaway and like well, do that right now. Do That's it. why we're Guys, here. Guys, yeah. go watch it. Yeah, go and, and go watch it. If we can make it to a cinema where it's on, like, go for it. And yeah. if, you, if you either can't make the cinema or you don't feel safe or comfortable going to a cinema, like, as soon as it's available to rent or buy, like, just do it. Like, it's support yeah, it. Support this like, movie. Some of the background to this, like, when I was reading up on the production, they spent mm. 12 months workshopping this film with young girls. So yeah. that's at the casting process where they got, like, almost I think only two of the girls that acted before they like did all these workshops so not only in terms of like trying to figure out who would be who to cast as as the various characters but like spitballing dialogue and improv because then when they did pick the cast who were incredible by the way we need to talk about they improv the scenes like along with the director so there was a loose script and like obviously you need to know like a to b to see what's happening but they use like the truth of how those girls speak to each other and like amazingly for a film, they actually, you know, the way films are never shot continuously. So if you've the same scene, if you've the same set, like a market in Dalston, yeah, like usually you'd say, okay, we're going to shoot all the scenes in Dalston Market, yeah, yeah. regardless of when they take place in the movie, because that's a cheaper and easier way to film. Yeah. Because this movie, they wanted the girls to feel it and be in it, they like shot it entirely chronologically. Mm. So they cost them a lot of money to do oh, that. Wow. 
and um, and so the girls like felt the progression. So there's a moment in the movie when Rox like breaks down, and like as we said, she's got a very tough exterior. She starts breaking down, mm-hmm. and and I read a quote from the director saying that earlier in the movie they had wanted Rox to do that, and the, and the girl said, "I don't think she'd do it yet. Uh... I think I need to wait." And like when I break down, I'm really gonna break down. Uh... And it's like it's so cool, and like what yeah. I find fascinating is it's such a female team, right? It's female director co-written by two women. They got all the heads of departments to be women, so like. Like lighting, photography, everything is effectively women in the Yeah, movie. yeah. And like women are known to be really collaborative. And it's so interesting. They make a point in the production notes to be like, this was not one person's vision, this was collaborative. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but you never hear a male director yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so collaborative. They'd be like, it was my unique vision, and that's why I am amazing. <laughs> and their name would be all over the credits. And um well, the thing right now is James Cameron holding his Oscar and saying, I'm king of the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or also you hear that films are collaborative or, you know, but actually it turns out that they weren't. But you can see that this is. And um, and I read that they the script has been written, you know, as, um, you know, on set as the, the days developed and as the ideas developed and as the improv, like, between the girls developed. And even the girls would... Um, share their own ideas for the plot line, like for the story, and those would be brought in as well. Um, and it just it just was a collaborative effort, and you can absolutely see that. And how amazing that those girls were not actors beforehand. Um, and apparently these two main characters didn't really know each other in real life before, but it was only when they were like... Um, in the workshops doing their improvisation that there was an instant connection and so they put them together as like the two characters as the two best friends friends. and I was just like oh my god it's just the most beautiful story like they felt like real real teenage best friends because they're having these like incredibly serious conversations right and then they're fighting and then like even as we said like this girl is rocks and say like on the bread line she, like she's like she's like living hand to mouth financially and, and all the rest of it and then they, they still break into like dance routines and do makeup because that's yeah. what young people do like they find um joy in yeah. dark situations because you know and that's what humans do yeah. like you know even when humans are grieving they'll be laughing and like Often, you know, with a movie like this, you can they can just go down the road of just being like so dark. Yeah. And actually, it's difficult to watch, but it's also not quite often true to somebody. They can be in a dark situation and still be like, like she loves makeup, and like a lot of it is about her wanting to do makeup on people. And yeah. And there's a great like there's a majority like uh, cast of color. There's very few white people in it. Mm. And one of the characters asked her to do her makeup, and she's like, I don't have makeup in your skin tone. Yeah. And I love that. Really, it's so hard for like women of color to get like makeup that suits their skin tone because so for so long makeup was aimed at white skin. Mm. So I just thought that was a great in line. Like, yeah, really- that was a standout line that she was like, Yeah, I don't have your color. You've got white skin. And that's that's so basically good. a reflection of what we hear as like black women our whole lives, you know. So to hear that in a movie reversed was like that was quite a groundbreaking line, actually. Yeah, it was. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. And like, also, like, so the the main girl is called Bucky Bakery, who plays Rocks. He's mm. unbelievable. Then her mm. best friend Samaya is played by Kosar Ali. And then for us, the standout of the movie it had to be the seven year old brother Emmanuel. And mm. he, they said this, they he met this kid, and they kid. were like. His internal world was incredible. Mm-hmm. And we were watching we the three-year-old, so a bit younger, and he was like, the way this kid Emmanuel was talking in the movie, like, we've had that conversation with Oscar that day where he's saying, are dinosaurs real? Like, yes! <laughs> like, we've just been asked by our kid and we're watching this kid on a movie. And I think he was like, they just filmed him and he just, that was just him talking. Well, I know. It's, it's incredible because not, um, not only was that kid just so lovely and endearing um, and... Um, such a good actor as well. The but the he had chemistry with the the actress that played Rocks, Bucky, mm. and um, so and she had chemistry with Sumeya, as you said. And and I think you know to I agree with Lou. The the casting um, director deserves like all the awards for for finding. I think it's also finding this cast of um, actors, but also the effort that was put in to like you said you both said 12 months of workshops and Mm. which informed not only casting and chemistry but story and performance um and and then I think 
the fact that this is such a collaborative thing just shows on screen and the amount of pre-production work that was done shows because the the flip side of when you get the 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 reverse of this kind of movie is um things that are you know you, you've described improvisational style and um script being written on the fly and those things i've heard equally applied to as negative traits of movies mm. you know like a movie that's kind of catch up with itself isn't it like when we yes. always shit on joe dapper joe dapper movies <laughs> i don't like I, <laughs> It's like, like the on the spot, that. they're all improving, and it's just like no, like they've not, they've not, that's not this. This is the, improv. The, that's the, true. The difference yeah. is, the yeah. difference is, they did, they did a year before they even turned on the cameras, right? Yeah. And that's why, um, and that's they, they do the homework and the groundwork, and every little bit of re- reality has been injected into this to the point where you know you said it earlier. This is this could have been a documentary. I. I felt like I was the fly on the wall on these people's lives and they felt so incredibly real. Well, apparently yeah. they had like multi-cameras on them, right? So they were picking up, because they'd be doing these hour long, hours and hours of the girls just riffing off each other. And like yeah, so yeah. that scene where they did the dance lesson would have been shot for hours and they just pick up all the best bits. So yeah. it was almost like the girls start to go play like when they're all on like and also they're always all shooting on their phones and they quite cleverly brought that into the film because that's what teenagers do yeah. like it would be weird for them not to be on their phones. Yeah, yeah 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 I was telling my partner um about it actually and he was like oh you know what's the what's the film like and I said I've never watched a film within the first couple of minutes I've instantly connected and I, I care about what's going to happen to the characters. You know, that takes yeah. you a while because you have mm-hmm. to get past, like, all your preconceptions about that actor and who this is and, you know, are they right for this role? I didn't have any of those questions when I saw it. It was like, boom, and I was just in it instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's quite a unique experience. Um God, we can't talk highly of it enough, really, can I know, we? Yeah, it's, no. it's amazing. <laughs> Everyone should see this. Because we saw Tenet last week, which, like, we had so much fun going to the cinema, and, you know, we really enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. But we both felt that um, with Tenet, like, there was no one really for us to connect to, and this was the exact opposite. Like, I was yeah. just, like, knuckle, like, just at the edge of my sofa, like, I want things to work out with these kids so much. Like, just, I was so invested in them. And it was interesting because a lot of movies and, like, Blockbusters, a lot of blockbusters. I just don't care. Like yeah, the, whole, yeah. the whole lot of them could die in the end. But like, like the stakes, <laughs> yeah. stakes in this movie are bigger than any blockbuster I've experienced. Yeah, movie. yeah. Like I, I felt I, I was dread. I felt with a pit in my stomach. I felt dread for poor Rox and Emmanuel. Mm. All I, I want is for Rox and Emmanuel. To be together. <laughs> I know. I, I know. Was, and I even love that they like. Again, in this kind of movie, they could have gone down very down the easily down the road of like there's an abusive dad yeah, or yeah, the yeah. mother is like on drugs or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. it's like no, and um, some and like there's a very kind line in the script where someone says like some women weren't meant to hold children or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's the like grandmother yeah, so it's mother, like yeah. you know yes. actually this woman, the mother, isn't for whatever reason isn't capable of caring for the kids, but actually we see glimpses and videos of. Of her being a lovely, loving mother too, and she's yeah. a very character. You're right. Yeah, but yeah. It's it, very, um, it's very easy to steer into cliche and stereotype yeah. with these kind of things. And the movie dimensionalizes somebody without judging them, mm-hmm. and while doing it all uh, while they're absent, like the mother yeah, 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 in the movie, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, there there is a sense of you as an audience. There's a you do get a little bit of sort of tr- understanding or perspective, and and the first person to defend. The mother throughout the whole movie is rocks. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I wondered if, yeah, it is. I wonder if that was bravado. It's like I can't face acknowledging that my mum's left me, so I'm gonna just pretend that everything's cool. But from, um, like, from a critical perspective, like, I all of my work that I do in my podcast is about critiquing racial stereotypes, right? And another thing that was interesting about this is that um, there were none of the stereotypes that made me feel uncomfortable. And that is also extremely rare. I was watching the film and thinking, could I put like a white family in this position and see exactly the same happen to them? 
Yes. Could it play out exactly the same way? Yeah. Are they relying on racial stereotypes here? No. Um, Are they bringing in all of these additional um, supporting stereotypes that filmmakers um, do use, like uh, there's drug use or there's an uh, abusive father? No, there was none of that. And um, that is quite something because that doesn't happen very often either. And this is a white director. So uh, in order for her to do that uh, and to work with the girls and really tell their story in their way, that's really something special. Um, And she said, you know, I talked to the girls about um, drug use and whether it affects their lives. You know, they're teenage girls living in central London. And she Mm -hmm. said, they said, well, you know, we're aware that it's about, but it doesn't affect our lives. It's not part of our daily existence. So what, you know, it doesn't need to be in the film. We don't talk about it. We don't in our everyday lives as well. And Mm -hmm. just just how wonderful is that? Because apparently when you work with big big studios and you're telling these type of stories, um, they're just like, you know, you've got to have this. You've got to have the gangster. You've got to have the drugs. You've got to have, you know, and there was none of that. And she said, because this wasn't part of the girls lives their real life so why would I force it in to the script you know yeah I yeah. actually quite related to them because they were like despite having me having grown up in like in Ireland but like they were kind of just like a little band of geeks I know and like I felt like like they're the girls I would have wanted to hang I know I know geeks, but they're like really into their dancing and their makeup and, I like, know they actually made me want to be 15 again and you don't often feel that do no. you you, you, know, you watch American high school movies and you're like, I, I'd rather die than go to an American high school when you watch those movies. And like, you, I just know I'd be the one sitting at the table that someone like throws a milkshake on my face or whatever. Like, yeah. um, so it didn't feel like that here. Um, but we're going to have to go to Sporter Street now, I think. Okay. Um, but before we go to Sporter Street, so again, we are telling everyone, go see it if you can and if you feel safe to do it or just rent it or buy it or whatever you can do because it's awesome. And it was delayed because of the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was out last year at a couple of film festivals and everyone loved it. And then it was supposed to be out this March or April. It got pushed out and now it's in cinemas, September 18th. Um, So yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Now, fair warning, we're on Spoiler Street and we are giving spoilers for Rock. I don't, I don't feel like there's a, too much to say about spoiler, but why don't we just talk about the end? Because that's the, the main. Yeah, the end. Because we were like, we, as we were watching, we were like, what do we want to happen? Because I'm not yeah. sure I want her. I want, I'm not sure I want the mom to come back because I actually don't think she's great for them. My dream scenario was that they got placed together in a really yes. nice foster care. And her mom came back, and then kind of none of that happened, but it was still happening. Well, the yeah. movies. I think within the, the confines of the city, you know, it, it gave us a, it did deliver a happy ending, but it didn't deliver a sort of a Hollywood ending either, right? This is probably how the, the re- reality does come crashing in with the, the line where the so- social worker says, I'm so sorry, we haven't been able to place you two together. We haven't been able to find a coffee, you know, and, and I don't know the ins and outs of that, but that felt like something that is a, uh, would be a sad reality. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Imagine if you were fostering kids, like we've talked that it's something we'd like to do when our kids are older. Mm-hmm. We probably have space for two kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've I've worked with social workers, like I did volunteering in uh, social care for a while. Um, and it's pretty unusual that kids do get placed together. But that was not the ending that we wanted. We wanted them to be placed together. Yeah. They weren't. And my heart sank. I thought, I can't cope. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't cope. This is the point that I can't carry on watching because I need this to be okay. Yeah. For both of them and for their friends. And actually, it still was okay in a way. Yeah. Well, we, well we, it, it turned into this incredible, like, um, woman on a mission. Yeah. Like, uh, the train to Hastings, like, jumping yeah. over barriers. This beautiful culmination of that friendship that we talked about and this this group of of girls coming together to help their friend. And just that scene, which is so beautiful and poignant of them just chipping in, like, I've got £5 from my... I've got £1.50 I was going to spend on fish and chips. And and that was was another thing which a lot of this movie made me... uh, Like, like the best, like, um, pieces of art. You walk away from it... um, re-examining your own perspective on life and uh and i was sitting there we were, we were both talking about this the um 
thinking that, that these, there's eight girls in this room trying to scrounge together 23 pounds. I know, I, don't, I just want to use them. That's the reality of being a kid, though, right? Uh, like, yeah. sometimes you have to scrabble money together for a bag of chips. Yeah, it's just a day of no income. And, like, for poor rocks, because, like, yeah, Rox I know. really wants to get money. She can't. She's, whatever, 15. And in just, I, I mean, I was just so into the makeup thing, because when I was younger, I used to work in the body shop and do makeup. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, when she got that text and she got the makeup job. And then yes. it was just one day or whatever it oh. was. Oh, yeah. Um, she makes 120 kids more. So <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there was that scene where they ended up getting kicked out of the hostel and it just kept escalating. And I think, like, for me, Rox's uh, arc was her finally learning that she needed to accept help because she, yeah. she can't be what her brother needs as much mm-hmm. as she loves him. Mm-hmm. She can't. And she referenced that the mom's left before, so I guess what's happened before is the mm-hmm. mom's left and come back enough that they've gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. And like she can't, like it was her realizing that actually her brother, you know, so other people can help them. And and I thought it was really interesting. I don't know what you thought about this movie that like a lot of the friends here at the movie helped her. Yeah, but yeah. Then the richer white girl is the one who called social services on. Yeah, her. I thought that was really <laughs> interesting. I thought that was interesting firstly about that with Rox being really strong um and resilient and then suddenly breaking down. That was also a really important message in the film to communicate to the audience because black women, especially girls, black girls um from a a, a very young age are expected to depict um strength um because they have to and so what happens is you kind of develop this um alter ego that you can handle anything because quite often you've had to handle quite a lot up until that point and I wanted her to break and I wanted her to break down and not be able to cope with it and accept help because that is an incredibly difficult thing for a young black woman to do um and within our community we talk about that a lot you know you've got to be tough you've got to be hard you can't ask for help so showing that she did that was really important and then she went to stay at her white friend's house I think it was the only white girl in the group wasn't it and mm-hmm. she uh, had to stay at her friend's house overnight who had quite a, a comfortable, relatively middle-class kind of uh, home life. And, and Rox stayed there one night with her brother. And I don't know how it happened, but social services were called. Um, but the girl was trying to help. Her friend was mm-hmm. trying to help. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, at, at that age, I would have been that friend. I would have told my mum. I wouldn't have kept it secret. I would have told mm-hmm. somebody. And then that adult would have called social services. But unfortunately, the, the the character became kind of the pariah because she did that, because she yeah. asked for help. And that meant that social services were now aware of this situation. Um, but um, I just thought, I wonder if that was intentional, that it was the only white character that they saw, that, yeah, that they depicted. Um, but I actually felt empathy for her. I just thought, well, you did the right thing. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you were, it was like really like I was crossing her because I didn't want Emmanuel being separated from Rocky. Yeah. Like the adult part of my brain is like, Kathy, get a grip. At best, they had another day in them before. Social yeah. services, the school already knew she was bunking off. Social services were already outside their flat. Like, and the girl said, like, I was just going for advice. I, I didn't mean for this to happen. But, yeah. like, it was interesting at the same time that the most privileged and yes. the only white friend was the one who did it. So I yeah, just yeah, thought yeah. that was may- maybe something on, like, white savior complex. But I, I yeah. just didn't know whether yeah, yeah. If that's actually where they were going. But also, if you've grown up in a very comfortable environment, you might not understand the ramifications of making that call of what mm-hmm. that would mean. Yeah. So in your mind, you're just trying to help. But other people who may have been in similar circumstances understand that that might mean like a very difficult situation where you're going to be separated from your little brother so um, I think it was her privilege that protected her from understanding that making that call was going to be devastating for her friend Mm -hmm. yeah and then I did love that when when rocks because rocks really lashed out at her best friend which makes sense because you lash out the person you're closest to saying like you don't have a clue your parents are so happy like you've got a brilliant family that was like the most emotional scene I think for me yes but she then with the white friend she was really really cross at her but she did also the next day like say like it's okay like she knew that the she knew she that both friends had her best interest absolutely as much as yeah. she in the moment didn't want to admit it mm. I know we're like we're talking but I have to talk about Samaya's family oh like, yeah, yeah. dude a lovely thing. <laughs> yeah 
amazing. Yeah. I was saying to my partner, I don't know when, like when we lived there in Hackney and I recognised all of those places like the De, uh, De Beauvoir estate, that's where it was shot. And so I'd walk past there every day and um, to see just like inside one of the houses that I usually wouldn't be privy to, you know, I know what Jamaican houses are like. I know what Ghanaian houses are like, but I've not um, spent time, a lot of time in Somali family homes and um the the love and the warmth and the joy inside that house was just something else wasn't it to, it to beautiful. like even though they have like the dress up scene and, the... and like again she's like trying on nice clothes and it's like that's what a, a teenage girl would be doing yeah. like in the midst of all this and yeah. Emmanuel they're like why is the boy here and then they yeah. all let him in and, mm. and I can picture that like because I, I tell if her older sister was like knew what was going on or just was being flippant but the mom said like is does the does her mom know if the boy's here and the mm. older sister said yeah 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 and i i don't quite know what was going on there but they were just i think the older sister was just like let it go i don't care yeah let but, it go. But with that with that scene as well i mean you know lou you talked earlier about sort of uh, all the stereotypes that they managed to avoid but it's you know as soon as you see a, a muslim family on screen mm. you know the, the, it you do fear like, oh, what, what, what negative, what stereotype are we going to be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there wasn't a single one. It was just. And like, I love it that yeah. she wore her headscarf with like with pride for the whole movie and like it was I really know. cute. And like yeah. I just love seeing all that. But, they had briefly mentioned that there was like, and she was a very minor role, but one of the girls who was a gypsy, and she is from a gypsy family in real life. Like that was so cool. Though she had effectively no lines. It was just was it in that Picasso scene? And um, like they had like she was talking about the gypsies in Auschwitz. Yeah, and yeah. so she, her family are gypsies, that actress. and that I completely character. missed that. Who's that? Yeah, she was saying they're my family were in Auschwitz and they were saying that oh. your family were gypsies. And oh. she said, they were, you know, Jews weren't the only people the Germans hated. But then they all start joking about something else. And it was like kind oh. of how teenagers and all of us talk where you're mixing serious things yeah, and joking yeah, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, like just all, I'd love, I'd love to spend more time in the world. At the same time, I was glad it was 90 minutes because yeah. that's my dream of the length. Um, and actually, shout out to um, our friend Sam, who runs the 90 Minute um, Festival podcast. He's no, having 90 Minute Film Festival. 90 Minute Film Festival podcast where he only reviews movies 90 minutes and under, which is awesome. Oh, wicked. He's going to have the director on his podcast next week. Oh, amazing. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. I'll be listening to that. Um, amazing. He messaged me saying, you guys should watch Rocks. And I was like, we're all over it. Don't worry, Liz yeah. already suggested it. <laughs> it, did, it did feel like, though, on, on the, the note of that scene, and, and you know, we talked about that, the, how diverse that group of girls were. But mm. like, it, the film felt like it was really celebrating the differences in in a group of friends and, and in, and in hu- humanity. Um, to the point where, you know, the... Um, the, the the one English white girl in it uh, sort of is um, despairing at the fact that one stage she says you know I'm so I'm so boring I hate being English you know like, yeah, you, guys have, yeah. you guys have such rich culture like it was, seen, it was seen as something to be um, uh, uh, idealized almost. yeah and it was also cool because like they, they picked all those girls based on their performances in the workshops and stuff yeah so the movie go, the movie makers hadn't been like right we want one nigerian girl one Ghanaian exactly. girl one Romanian gypsy whatever they were talking about they were like yeah. so it's actually more more true to life that you happen upon that kind of group of characters than if you try and maybe force it and pigeonhole it yeah now i think they did want like they wanted the lead girl to be a black girl and yeah, they wanted yeah. it to be a cast of color but beyond yeah. that there wasn't specific requirements i think yeah, which yeah. is like it's it's like that blind colorblind casting that people always say like you should do yeah they've actually and, gone and done it and also can we just say like um in the film world as well as in the arts and everything else in music colorism is a thing and it's it's very um unusual that dark-skinned uh black girls or women get central roles or get mm-hmm. central characters um or the focus of of a piece um and uh rocks is in this and um and she just celebrates herself in every way. And it's just a joy to see. I mean, there's just not one negative about this movie. <laughs> no, I loved it. But it, it, but it was just like, it was a, it was like a, a feel good movie. Like I felt good about yeah. it. I, I, um, I, but also we felt like, I think there was moments where we were like, no, we don't want this bad thing to happen because bad things were happening. Like we're not sugarcoating. Like it's a sad story. Like the overall plot's really sad. Yeah. Of, like mm. two children who 
well, I don't know where his dad is, but her dad's dead. Their mom's left them. The granny's like in Nigeria. Like yeah, yeah. they have no support network. And that's really sad, but these kids themselves are so luminous and yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. And like, I, I, I just want to see them both. Like, I, I really hope that it, it ends up down a road where they're, they're enacting and it's not just kind of this fluke thing where they've been part of this process. Um, and, and I, and I, yeah, I want, like, I want to see, like, you know, the way, like, when you watch, like, Jerry Maguire and everyone's like, that kid's so cute and he never kind of ends up in anything. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I, want, I don't want that for my well. I want yeah. it to not just be the cute kid from this movie. Yeah. Because I feel like the older actresses can go into other roles, but often these I, I kids are pigeonholed into that one role. I don't know if I want yeah. Emmanuel entering into the, the Hollywood uh, <laughs> no, not Hollywood. system. No, no, all, you know, like, um, kid actors who grow up in England and work in England have very different experiences from the Hollywood ones. Yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah. You look at the Harry Potter kids. Yeah. Poor old, the Corey name and Corey film. Exactly. I think it's a very yeah. different, like, kids over here are very protected. They're looked after. Even when we were looking at the credits, like, the amount of, like, people who've been working with the children in the credits was like uh, oh okay but how could you Excuse not me, hire it? these kids how could you I not know. hire them oh this is what I remember I, I, I finished watch, watching it and I said to my partner I swear to god these were better than any performances I've seen in a long time by proper actors you know yeah it was just so enjoyable but apparently Rox is now at RADA I heard. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? I hope it doesn't ruin her. Like, no offence to no. Rada or anything. But <laughs> it's just but I like... Think now, like, she'll basically walk in and be like to all her classmates, oh, it's no big deal, but like, I'm just a star. It's yeah, yeah. incredible, like, at, you know, totally like smash the festival circuit movie. I'm just sad for them that it did get today because of COVID because... But maybe it's a, maybe because there's not that much as it in the cinema now. That could be a help to them. Who I, knows? I'm now thinking right now. Now my mind's going 100 miles an hour, and I'm like, <laughs> what would you cast? I, w- I want these group of kids to be cast as a unit now. In- yeah. So I want like a Goonies remake with these kids. I want. Uh, what else could you do with what them? Could we uh, have? Stranger Things. They had their own sort of Stranger, <gasps> Stranger Things type things. show. Yeah, that yeah. Would be- it's like an anthology thing, like a, like a British Stranger Things. It's an anthology yeah. thing, like American Horror Story, where every season is a completely different plot with the oh, same cast. Awesome. That's what this yeah. is. And um, but we're gonna have to go because poor Lou, we're keeping her up so oh, late. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, I um, love this. We've loved having you on. We actually been trying to organize for ages, and like just been so difficult. We were gonna do. Uh, what were we going to do? Oh, we were going to do Hamilton. Yeah. Then we missed the boat on that. Then we are going to do the Beyonce movie. Then we yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, I'm so pleased that this is what we did. You know what? This is the right time and the right movie. Um, but Lou, will you tell all of our listeners where they can find more of your work and find you in general? Okay, yeah. Cool. Not your address. Not your home address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, um, so I, I mostly hang out on Instagram. Um, so you can find me there on um, at Shade Podcast. Um, no, actually, scrap that. It's at Shade underscore podcast. We'll link to it in the show notes. Anyway. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm on Apple and Spotify and all of those all of those platforms. Um, and I'm on Twitter as well. But, um, yeah, if you just – you'll just link it all in, won't you? We will. And yeah. when is your next season launching? Because I know you've just been um, January 2021, and I'm going to mix it up. It's going to be a bit different. So um, it's very exciting. I've got a, a wicked new team working with me. So, yeah, I can't wait to share that with you. Awesome. You say new team, but before this, it's just been you. So. Well, actually, well, yeah. So, I mean, expanded team. So, it's gone from one to two, maybe two and a half. Ooh, yeah. Two and a half. Well, yeah, my daughter um, is like um, an advisor. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay. So, we're going to link everyone to your podcast. Everyone should check it out. There's been three, two or three seasons so far already. Yeah, it's been three seasons. It's about 30 episodes or so. Yeah. So a perfect binge to tide you over till January. Yeah. Um, Lou, thank you so much. It's been so much fun, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Lou. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like so in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. This was such a treat. I can't believe I'm inside the podcast that I listen to, and I'm actually. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're Bye. welcome. And look, if uh, and to anyone listening, if it's your first time listening to this show, uh, you can talk to us at the Cinemile on Twitter, Facebook. Or Instagram, email us thecinemile at gmail.com. Oh, and I totally forgot to mention just before we plug our Patreon that Lou is a Patreon, which we're patrons of. 
Um, so yes, everyone, we are. Head, over, head over to Liam's oh. Patreon and yeah. Shady Podcast pa- uh, Patreon if you want to support We're her. paying you to be here. Yeah, <laughs> wicked. Yeah. Wicked. It, yeah. It's totally worth it. That dollar a month, I'm sure, is a pretty healthy <laughs> But everybody helps. So head over, support Lou, and then, of course, then head to Patreon support us. Patreon.com uh, forward slash the cinemile. We are just about to watch The Lives of Others. Yes, for our, for our spy, spy movies spy movie. special. So uh, you get to vote on the movies that you want us to watch over there. And our lovely patrons, uh, who we love, uh, get yeah, voted for. And they the get feisty. Which they you've get, never seen before. They get feisty with us, too. Which is yeah. fun. Do yours get feisty, Lou, or they... Yeah, they <laughs> do actually. Yeah, but that's how we like it. That's what's made why yeah, Patreon is so fun because you're only talking to people who are like really invested in your work and yeah. who, like it's a very safe space to have a laugh and like you know everyone. In our case, everyone's very very interested in cinema. In your case, I guess people are really interested in the arts and anti-racism and activism and, and everything you do. Yeah, absolutely. so you know you're talking like you're preaching to the choir, which is nice. Yeah. And um, all right, Lou, thank you so much, and have a lovely. Evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 I'm going to get my old rat and get out. <laughs> <laughs> Are y'all seeing this? I'm going to be the new Picasso. <laughs> These are your clients. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.